Welcome to A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the answer to life, the universe, and everything is sex workers. I'm your host, Parker Westwood. If you want to support the pod, you can tell your friends about it. You can become a patron. Uh, You can share about it on social media. You can rate it five stars and give a great review um, because I know you would. So there's all sorts of ways you can support. Eventually, I will have merch because it's just one of my favorite things. And uh, and so you can also buy that eventually. Mm, not going to talk about that. Well, whatever. I just talked about it. So that's a thing. In the future, there will be merch. Can you imagine having that juicy peach with a rocket around it somewhere on your person? You're the person who will be buying this merch. <laughs> Do you want me to say Juicy Peach again? I'll do it. Juicy Peach. And today we're going to be talking about disability and sex work, Uh, both on the side of disability as a sex worker and disability as a client, and then just kind of how all those things mingle. My guest today is the one and only Clever Clover of Clover Travels, of all of the things just clover super grateful to have her on the show we've gotten to work together a couple of times it is always a pleasure before we get into the interview i just want to talk about a little of what i've learned uh doing this podcast because this this episode is one where like i wish i would have learned something sooner (laughs) so i'm just gonna share that with you um there's a lot of giggling in this episode And normally, now that I know more, I would edit that out, but it's really hard to do that when it's all one audio track, and there's a thing that as a podcaster, you learn the importance of having separate audio tracks for each person speaking, whether it's just two or three or whatever, each person has their own audio track. Um, So you can cut out, like, coughing or giggling or whatever and I didn't know how to do that I didn't even actually know that that's what you do um to get such a clean audio track so I apologize that it's kind of all on top of each other um but I have since learned how to do that in zoom and that that's possible and that I should be doing that so um yeah this is just a, a learning episode where Um, my audio is a little rough around the edges, but, um, it's a fun interview. Clover is a gem and we do giggle a lot. That's just kind of the nature of how, uh, Clover and I communicate. Um, I think if you could translate our giggles, I'm sure you'd find all sorts of things in there. (laughs) So I hope you all enjoy it. It's got some good juicy content, um, some heartwarming moments. Yeah. Without further ado, here's my interview with Clover. All right. Thanks for joining me today, Clover. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Great. And normally I just have people introduce themselves the way they prefer to be introduced, pronoun, any sort of identifiers that you'd like to share, and then where you're from and what kind of sex work you do. Um, okay. I'm Clover. You can call me she, her. Um I do both in-person and online work, and I am from a lot of places. <laughs> um, I'm based in San Diego. I've lived a lot of places. <laughs> I don't really feel like I'm from one particular place. Yes, it shows. You have, uh, you're very worldly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, and just to kind of start out, ha- like letting people get to know you a little bit, how did you get started in sex work? So as a lot of people got started in this, I needed to pay rent. Uh, 
I was living in New York City at the time with my best friend. We were living together in a room because we couldn't afford having our own rooms in the apartment. So we were splitting a room and paying $500 a month each. <laughs> and I, um, I was a nanny for a while. And then um, I got let go uh, without much warning. And I had to pay rent in a week. So I was like, all right, let's let's pay let's pay some rent so I went on Craigslist and I found an ad for a massage parlor so I, I was going to sex parties at the time and I was like fuck it I can give like hand jobs whatever <laughs> and so I went for the interview and she, the the lady said something to me which I'll never forget she said to me you could be a high-end escort and and I just thought I have no idea what that means like do I have a job <laughs> Like I gotta pay rent. I don't know, but no. Obviously, now I know what what she meant. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I worked at the Rub and Tug for like four or five months, and that was going well enough. But you had to pay fifty percent to the house. So, you know, one day I made a thousand dollars, and I was like, oh, I actually made two thousand dollars, but <laughs> you know, half that money wasn't mine. So I met around that time, I met my ex-girlfriend who is a full-fledged escort and we met at a open mic sex night <laughs> where she got up and told a story about fisting and I was super interested in that at the time. So I just went and introduced myself to her and gave her my number <laughs> and saw her the next night. And, you know, I told her what I was doing with my life and she said, well, why don't you quit there and just travel with me and, and be an escort? So I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the relationship didn't work out, but she did teach me a lot of valuable lessons, which I am forever grateful for because I got a serious leg up in the beginning. Absolutely. Um, knowing someone in the industry, giving you tips is like incredible. Um, also, just I just love that story because it just displays how bold you are, which is always one of the, <laughs> one of the first things I noticed about you. You're so very forward, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot more emboldened in my, my older years, too. So. <laughs> it's the best. Well, what, also, one of the things I do is I have people walk us through, like, a day in the life of. And I know in sex work our days vary so much but mm -hmm. if you let's say like a day where you have a booking what what that would sort of look like for you well some days I'm the kind of person that's like I have an appointment at four so I can't do anything all day <laughs> <laughs> some days I mean I'll clean and like get the place and myself ready but other than that I'm like oh no I'm just gonna play video games like lay on the couch yeah. uh a lot, well, I would say a lot, a lot of days because I have limited reserves of energy, which is something I really had to struggle with, with coming to terms with. And it's like, okay, um, you know, I can save all that energy for work or I can like do things. But if I'm doing a bunch of stuff and working the same day, then, then that, then I tend to get sick. Yeah, when we push ourselves too hard. And then especially yeah. as we're going to get into when you have a chronic disability. Well, cool. Which leads us directly into my next question, which is that you you had selected the topic of disability justice as it relates to mm -hmm. sex work. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit outside mm -hmm. of the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you about it. But why don't you tell the, our listeners um, what your experience is with disability and disability justice um, and like kind of why you selected this as a focus for your episode. So um, for me, I, I've not always been um, a person with a chronic illness, but I grew up with people with chronic illnesses. Like my mother has several, uh, which is where I get some of mine from. Thanks mom. Uh, <laughs> and um, you know, I have family members that are mentally and physically disabled. I, it, it just comes from my, my life, my normal everyday life. Um, because a lot of people I know have disabilities. When I got in the industry, I was pretty healthy. My immune system got really great from being a hooker. And <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, yeah. And I wasn't really sick for a while. And then, um, 
maybe about three years ago now, I started being really sick, just like feeling like crap all the time and just not, just not feeling good. It took me, it took a while to figure out what was going on with me, but um, I have fibromyalgia and the basic description of that is the pain receptors in your brain misfire. So there's a lot of other components that go along with fibromyalgia that are just like so random and wild. I'm like, is this a part of that? I Google it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That early, that random morning nausea. Yeah. That's a part of it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not bad. It's just like, I have to eat. If I don't eat, I'll be nauseous. And like, if I get it, it's weird, but <laughs> yeah. um yeah, so it deals with a lot of like chronic pain. Um, I have the princess and the pea syndrome. Do you know? Have you heard? Right. You know the you know the story, the princess and the yes. pea. So, for if anyone doesn't know of it, it's the story of this princess who is so so special and tender <laughs> that she can <laughs> feel a little pea underneath a hundred mattresses, and she can tell where the pea is. So that's kind of what I experience sometimes if my fibromyalgia is like really flaring up. I mean, I have the sensitivity day to day, but if it's really flaring up, it'll be super exacerbated. Like if I'm laying on a couch and I'm sitting on my left hip and not on my right, my left hip will start hurting within a few minutes. Or if I'm like, if I am laying and there's like a blanket crumpled under me, it'll start hurting. (laughs) It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but you know, it's what I, I deal with on a day-to-day basis and some days are fine and some days are, are not fine. And yeah, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. So for me, um, the disability part in sex work, it's, it's personal, but it's also business. So early on, uh, I must've been a sex worker for maybe like six or seven months. I met my first client with disability and he's amazing. Like he's still my client to this day. And he's a very sweet, amazing person. And he has MD and he has wheelchair bound. So when I see him, I have to physically drag him out of his chair and onto the bed and place him, you know, and, and, and move him. And, and I'm fine with that. Like, I don't mind. Um, Yeah. I've, I've taken care of people with disabilities for like, you tell me what you need. I got you. Um, but for, for him finding someone who was capable and compassionate and it doesn't look at him like, oh, you know, you're just some dude in a wheelchair. Like, you don't have any sexual needs. Like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. like that's important for people with disability because they're, they're so underrepresented. And that's like mm-hmm. not a turn on to be looked no. at. Yeah. No, who wants to be looked at and be like, oh, you poor thing. Like, I'll give you a pity fuck. Like, yeah, fuck uh, that. that's insulting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or on the opposite spectrum to fetishize them for their disability, because right. there are people that do that too. It, and some of them are fine with it. You know, they're like, okay, yeah, I'll work with what I got. But there are people with feelings too. And some people are not okay with it. I actually have a, an excerpt from him that I'd like to read in a little bit, just yeah. for from his perspective as a client. Um, also I have close friends in the industry who have disabilities, like, um, my very good friend, Ava Raleigh, she actually inspired me a lot to be more public about my disability because, um, she has a disability and she's always spoken about it in her blogs and like openly talked about it. Mm -hmm. So when I came to terms with the fact that I had a disability, I was like, I'm going to be like Ava. I'm going to talk about it and it's not going to be a big deal or like bad thing or anything, but this exists in my life. So I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. I know that for a lot of us coming forward with something like that, we worry about potentially losing clients or see Mm -hmm. like being seen in a negative light around it. What was your experience when you started to actively talk about it? Um, I've only had good experiences. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is and that's fine. I'm more than happy to to, to give them a little spiel about what, what it's, what it means to have fibromyalgia. And even Um, if I did lose people, like, fuck them, whatever. (laughs) A hundred percent. 
I think the more, <laughs> the more, the longer I'm in this business, the more I'm just like, I'm, I can only show up as I am. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, find someone else. Um, yep, exactly. Like you're going to get me. <laughs> if you don't like me, then all right. And <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> One of the questions I did have for you too was the, what are your thoughts are on the term disabled versus different abled? Um, I personally don't mind either of them. It doesn't, I, I'm not a person who's bothered by terms. I will blatantly and frequently call myself a prostitute. Like it nothing, the, the words don't bother me. Um, I know they do bother some people, mm-hmm. but personally, like, I don't give a shit. I feel like as long as we're discussing these things and like making more people aware, I'll use whatever term people want me to use, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. And for, for listeners who don't know the reason why um, those two terms are, are brought up or why I brought them up is that disabled has the prefix dis, which has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So there are people in the disability justice movement who are pushing for differently abled. Um, but yeah, I find that a lot of people in the disability justice community also are, have, are like you and they're like, yeah, I'm disabled. It's not like let's just use the word and keep, keep moving. It's not a bad word to me personally, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. It was kind of difficult to have to come to terms with like understanding, like I, I am a disabled person. That's, that's the term for me, yeah. but because I, I, well, at first I felt like it was limiting, but when I looked at it in another way, like, no, this is just the realist, the realism of this, like, I am not capable of doing things like other people in certain contexts. So it is what it is. Yeah. And once you embrace and like have compassion for yourself in that moment, you're able to Mm -hmm. work with what you've got and probably end up doing more Mm -hmm. than like when you would spend time trying not to be. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to like act as if you weren't disabled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be very, very sick if I was trying to act like I wasn't disabled. <laughs> yeah. So as as someone with an invisible disability, what do you want people to understand about people with disabilities? I feel like a lot of um, us people with an invisible... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll start that over. Yeah, also... I- <laughs> maybe maybe define what invisible disability is since I just totally skipped over that too. Yeah. Well, I'll start with that. Okay. Um, so an invisible disability is kind of what it sounds like. You know, it's a disability that you can't see with your eyes. There, It's not a physical disability. It's more of an internal disability. Um, so it's more of how our bodies are acting than, than looking or like, I mean, people with physical disabilities to their bodies act differently, but it's, it's visible. Mm-hmm. You, you you see them, you clearly know, okay, this person has different needs than the rest of us. But for me, it's like people getting upset with me because I look healthy, like, <laughs> oh, or, or they, they just, they're like, Oh, you're just being uh, sensitive. Yeah, I'm. I'm a very. I have a very sensitive body. So, kind of, but also I have real limits um, that you can't see because you look at me and you see someone who's fit and looks good. They don't see the side of me where where I'm hurting so badly. I can't get out of bed or. Yeah. Or like spending hours in the hot bathtub because that's one of the only places that I'm comfortable. Uh, what was the next, what was the other question? Um, it was mostly like, what do you want people to understand about people with disabilities as someone with an invisible disability? Um, yeah, it's just that like, please take me a bit more seriously when I am like, this is not going to work for me or, you know, like. I'm physically not comfortable there. Like my back's going to hurt in two minutes. If I, if I like try to do that position with you, (laughs) Um, like you can't push on my legs when, when you're trying to fuck me, like that'll hurt my hips really bad. (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah. So like a lot of people think, Oh, you know, you're just doing it to do it or whatever. But for me, it's like, this is my body. I have to deal with the pain. So I'm going to be assertive about what's not working for me because you don't, you can't, you might not be able to comprehend what's going on in me. 
Because a lot of people, it's like, if you look fine, you should be fine. But since my big issue is with pain receptors, like you can't, you can't see that. (laughs) Not to mention there's like a historical precedent of uh, femme identified people um, or femme presenting people not being taken seriously about Mm -hmm. their pain or anything having to do with their bodies. And that's like Mm -hmm. reflected in current legal situations around like abortion and whatnot. It feels very much like the, oh, she's just being hysterical sort of Mm -hmm. language from back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people brush it off. I mean, even in my personal relationship, I would deal with not being taken seriously when, when I'm in so much pain oh it'll be fine just take some Tylenol like whatever you know like it's like no for me to be fine I need to actually change a lot of what I'm doing with my lifestyle or furniture or you know just how I hold myself I actually started doing Pilates a year and a half ago um four days a week because well last summer I went to Europe for for a few months and I was very physical and and um, I was really starting to work on my health because I, I was so sick that I, I didn't want to live. Like, I was just like, I'm done with life. Like, I feel like shit all the time. So going to Europe and being really active, I started to feel better. And turns out working out helps fibromyalgia a lot. So um, when I got back to the States, I started doing Pilates and that's helped a lot like a lot a lot um I will have some days I I don't feel like mornings are usually worse for me um so I'll wake up feel like crap go to Pilates and then I'm relatively okay for the rest of the day yeah I've also had to go through moments of accepting my body where it's at um and you and I talked when we last saw each other about um Mm -hmm. I'm going through some weird body things where I'm not sure what's going on having some pain and I did find out that I have an ovarian cyst it's not PCOS, like I, I maybe mm-hmm. thought it was, but um, it was a relief to find that out. But having having those moments of having compassion for my body, where it's at, and learning that mm-hmm. rhythm of like, you know, you feel like shit in the morning and Pilates helps you to feel like you can manage the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had moments like that too. And I think it's really empowering to accept our bodies where they're at. And I wish that that was more encouraged in the greater culture that, that we're in, mm-hmm. in society instead of this, like not push through it, just take more ibuprofen. Like, right. Yeah. It's not helpful to have that. No, <laughs> no. And honestly, it was not easy for me at first. I mean, I had a good, good mental breakdown <laughs> coming to terms with what I was actually capable of because that meant I had to limit a lot of things that I do because like I said previously I have x amount of energy and it seems like if I use if I use more energy than I and I I don't know the numbers it's got I gotta figure it out day by day you know but if I use more energy than my body has or wants me to I pay for that the next day by feeling really sick so a lot of the times photo shoots and video shoots for me are very I, I love doing them like art is pain <laughs> pain is art I, I some of the best art I've done I was in so much pain <laughs> um, but you know so like I will p- choose like is this worth it to me to feel like utter shit for a few days um so I just did a photo shoot like an eight hour photo shoot and it was like fucking awesome I got such great stuff yeah. and you know I'm kind of reaping what I sewed <laughs> a few days ago <laughs> but honestly um I hadn't done a photo shoot like that in a really long time and I don't feel as bad as I would have two years ago yeah like there is progress when I came to terms with it I had a bit of a breakdown because I thought it's always going to be this bad I'm always going to be this sick but in reality like actually doing real self-care not just like going to the spa <laughs> um uh like learning that I need to take time like physical time and just be inactive um like that improved my quality of life so much now that I can I can feel like I can do more things yeah it's it feels counterintuitive at the time where you're like if I am if I allow myself some inactivity of course balanced with obviously mm-hmm. Pilates pretty regularly but if I allow myself the time to slow down I can do more things. It feels Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't make sense. It does not compute. 
in <laughs> our little capitalist infused brains, but mm-hmm. it really, it really is important because that breathing room is the place for creative, where creativity can thrive and it shows in your mm-hmm. work. I encourage everyone to go look at Clover's photos because she has some incredible seat like series um, of photos. They're really beautiful. Thank you. Of course. All that's going to be linked in the show notes. I also, I wanted to give us time to talk about clients with disabilities, Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to talk about this notion that is used for people to legitimize sex work. You know, sex work is important because like it helps with like disabled people and their ability to have, and it's, I feel like it's the same approach that people had to use for legalization of marijuana, where they were like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, but also it's just yeah. valid career path. So um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And also just like your experience with some of your uh, disabled clients. I feel like using that argument for legalizing sex work is good and all, but it needs to be seen as the more complete picture. Yeah. Like you're saying, you know, it's good for that. It's it's good for relationships, as funny as that sounds. Because I yes. know, I mean, I know we see a lot of married men and they love their wives. It's not that they don't love their wives. They love their wives, yeah. but their wives are maybe not interested in sex, have been injured in some way and cannot have sex. Right. Or, you know, like maybe they have mental problems mm-hmm. and these people still have these urges, these needs but they're, they're not able to get, or maybe they don't want to get them in a, in a circumstance like where, where they would just go meet somebody because that could have serious issues with their relationship. Maybe they just want it clean, business-like, you know? So yeah, I feel like using disability for the argument is good, it's, but it should just be one point in the argument. Like it shouldn't be the whole argument of why we should decriminalize uh yeah (laughs) um but but speaking of sex work with a disabled capacity um a really close friend of mine that I've known since I was 12 um all my my personal friends know that I'm a sex worker if I'm still friends with them after all this time they know and um she sent me this link once and it was about um I think it's in Oregon they have this it's called sex surrogacy And um, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's an actual service for people with disabilities um, of sex workers and, and it is legal there. And it's, I think it's also legal in Canada, like obviously because Canadian, it's much more legal there, but they have services for that. So I, I just think that's pretty neat, Um, you know, because uh, while yes, I do see clients with disabilities, I know that uh, a lot of them are living on fixed incomes and a lot of people who would like to see sex workers can't afford it. I mean, I have one client um, who he, he's great. He's awesome. I love him. Um, he sends me money like every so often, just little bits like $80 here, $200 there to prepay for appointments because he is on a fixed income and he can't, the, the state will be like, what are you spending all this money on if yeah. he's sending it? like at once like <laughs> so he has to cheat the system and I, I some I've seen some escorts be like I don't accept payments like that blah blah well I do because not accepting it is kind of ableist this is the way he can see me while still working within his system and getting his benefits yep. so yeah I'm gonna take that like mm-hmm. he's paying me I don't see any problem with anything else like (laughs) you know um and it's fun you know I'll open my email and be like oh 100 bucks today that's nice (laughs) I think have that service in the Netherlands too I was reading about it recently and I think it's it's really cool and one of the things that I read about that service in the Netherlands is that it's not just a service specifically for disabled folks to see sex workers but it's it's basically just saying you can use this disability money however you want to. And that includes mm. using it for sex workers if you want to. Whereas in the U.S., A, the disability money is like not even enough to survive on. Um, mm-hmm. And then B, they have such a chokehold on how you use it. I mean, it's kind of like 
cruel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's quite cruel. And also people with disabilities can't get married or, or else they won't be able to keep their benefits. Right. So that restricts them in enjoying things like everyone else, like getting married to their partner. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot um, politically as around dis- disability justice that has a there's a lot of room for improvement um mm-hmm. just a ton of room for improvement mm-hmm. we govern our government does not take disabled people at their word or trust them to spend money the way that they it treats them like children yeah. you know a lot of people see d- people disabled people as children like oh you can't fend for yourself mm, you must be like a child or whatever, which, which really isn't fair. I mean, there are certainly people with disabilities who in their, who are stuck in childlike states, but that's a small percentage of people with disabilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Hence the not, not seeing them as sexual beings. Mm-hmm. Kind of do the same thing with old, older people as well. Mm-hmm. Would you, do you want to take the time to read that piece from? Yes. The- so this client of mine, He is a professional in his late forties with muscular dystrophy and he uses a power wheelchair for mobility. He asked me to describe him as that. And I feel like that's a very apt description of him, but I also should add that he's one of the smartest, nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Yeah. He's really, I call him my friend. Uh, We see each other with the sex worker client relationship, but we are also very deep friends. Um, okay. So he says, my ability to come to know Clover, to partner with her in exploring my sensuality has been very important to me. I did not seek her companionship to fill a void or address some unmet need. I'm lucky to have a great deal of intimacy in my life. I have a very loving family, deeply meaningful, long life relationships, strong professional relationships with colleagues whom I cherish. Indeed for me, Most importantly, I have a deeply fulfilling spiritual life. In addition to all this, my relationship with Clover has empowered me and bolded me to explore sensualities in ways I hadn't known possible before we met. By way of background, the nature of my muscular dystrophy causes me to be physically dependent on others for quite literally everything. Essentially, I have enough strength to guide my power wheelchair with my thumb and forefinger, and that's about it. In order to be independent and have my needs addressed, I rely completely on my ability to communicate with my needs and desires to others and to have them help me to address them with my guidance. I've made this work in most parts of my life, but as you can imagine, when it comes to sexuality and intimacy, it is tricky to say the least. It involves trusting others in all of your vulnerability and arguably the highest stakes aspect of the sentient human experience. I had experience with sex, both in committed relationships and with sex workers before I met Clover. They were perfectly good and for the most part healthy. However, in none of them did I feel the need, feel the freedom to be completely vulnerable, honest, and forthcoming about my needs and desires, mostly because of deeply rooted fears of stigma and judgment. In Clover, I have found someone who is completely accepting of all differences, who was deeply committed to understanding me, what I can and cannot do, what I do and do not enjoy and who was committed to being creative about having, helping me to be a full and equal sex partner. She was willing to have courageous conversations with me about what, for many people, are really uncomfortable topics, like sex and disability. These courageous conversations emboldened me to, with her support, push myself past my preconceived limits and has allowed me to find sex more rewarding and fulfilling than I have ever imagined possible. I am certainly conscious and mindful of the boundaries of our sex worker client relationship. While I cherish Glover's friendship, I know what we are to each other and what we are not. Indeed, in many aspects, these boundaries are freeing and liberating, I think, to both of us. That being said, being mindful of these parameters because Clover has allowed me to experience and discover aspects of myself that I didn't know existed in a very real, real way. My relationship with her has been one of the most significant ones in my life. He's so sweet. Oh, I, I cried the first time I read that. Oh my God. It's so sweet. He's also, it's also very beautiful because he's so eloquent and he really puts it into beautiful words his experience yeah it's it's very clear and 
very humanizing on on his end like I, mm-hmm. I can feel that mm-hmm. oh cool well if I'm I hope he listens and thank you so much for sharing that that is I think he will I think he will <laughs> hope you're out there. thank you so much <laughs> actually I I wish I could remember the name of it but there's this app, so any, for anyone who listening who has disabilities there's this um crowdsourcing app hopefully I can remember and you can add it in later where you can um, make notes of different shops, restaurants, bars, places that are like are disability accessible or are not. And like what various ways they are like wheelchair ramps or rails or uh, accessible toilets, you you know, so um, I'll have to search and find out what the app is because that would be a cool thing for you to include just for anybody who has a disability you know because the more we use it the better it gets oh absolutely so cool oh my god I love that there was an article I found I think it came out like a couple years ago Haley Jade wrote an article called I'm a disabled sex worker and this is what I want you to know Mm -hmm. and one of the things she talks about that I don't want to leave this conversation without touching on is the idea of like how accessible sex work is as a career choice Mm-hmm. For, for people with disabilities. She also talks about how SESTA and FOSTA made it more difficult for people with disabilities to participate. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know what SESTA and FOSTA is, do you, would you want to like give a brief, <laughs> you can or I can, I just don't want to talk too much. <laughs> I probably talk a lot of shit, so it's better if you do it. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> worth talking a lot of shit about <laughs> <laughs> um SESTA FOSTA is are two two bills that were merged into one that were passed in the United States in October of 2018 April April, April. Of 2018 and it's SESTA stands for Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act and FOSTA stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act and that bill that piece of legislation is most is what's mostly responsible for all of these uh terms of service things on instagram and twitter and like people being super cautious about seeing nipples on social media (laughs) ultimately what it did was um censor sex work online so you any any platform that was found quote unquote like promoting prostitution would be a you were able to be held liable for the prostitution taking place um it wasn't just the prostitution it basically makes websites liable for any user posted content oh so if it if there was like hate speech they could be held liable. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it extends a lot farther than that now which actually is coming into play very hysterically uh, after the whole white house uh, insurrection day because <laughs> uh yeah that that's why a lot of the apps took off parlor because they could be held liable for what happened and they were like we're not whoops nope <laughs> so it's coming to play for for normal people now too uh, in more ways than just that but that was the biggest one lately <laughs> Well, if you can call the people who stormed the White House or the the Capitol. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, sorry, I wasn't calling them normal people. I just meant civilians in general. Yeah, here we go. Not not sex workers. <laughs> yeah, so that's we the reason why we were explaining what Sesta Fasta is is because uh, it it made it not safe to do online sex work or online advertising, and so it forced more people to the streets to do sex work. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are disabled, especially if you're disabled physically or you can't stand for hours on end, street work is not accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also just a lot less safer. You can't screen clients. Yep. Yeah, I mostly wanted to bring that up because I think it's super important. And again, Haley Jade, um, I'll I'll link that article in the show notes, but it was really, it was really well done. Oh Talk- no. Oh no, are we, are we glitching? That's okay. We'll come back. There we go. There you go. <laughs> we'll come back after these messages. <laughs> after this quick break. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> One day I'm going to have like cool people promoting things on my podcast. It's an <laughs> for sex toys and who knows, OnlyFans. I don't know. Well, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. If OnlyFans decided to shell out any money to a sex worker. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of, you can find me on OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> I sell my porn for cheaper on there than many of it. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be putting all of your links, your your Twitter, your website, your OnlyFans, your Instagram in the show notes as well. I don't have Instagram, but but thank you. All the rest I'll send you. Cool. Perfect. By the way, I just want to say fuck Instagram because they were the first ones where you couldn't show your nipples way before Sesta Fasta and like, fuck yeah. you. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have Sesta Fasta to like lean on. As- <laughs> no. Yeah. Is there anything else like you feel like we haven't covered around disability? Um, yeah, actually, there's one more thing I'd like to talk about, which is uh, disability and porn. Um, so, yeah, I have been like wanting for years to you know start a a production company and thanks to COVID I actually got off my ass and started doing some more filming and learning editing um and what I realized after talking to um another one of my clients who is disabled and he has cerebral palsy um and um he he has a really big dick like he's got a great porn dick and you know we were joking one time I was like oh yeah we should film some porn and then I got to thinking about it seriously and and I don't really offer to film porn with clients like that I usually you know uh, have it's an upcharge it's like one of the only upcharges I do but I felt like you know one he's he's on a fixed income and two that is actually something that I would like to do is help there be more um, representation for people with disabilities in porn and not make it fetishized because a lot of the disability representation in porn is fetishized Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah girl in wheelchair getting fucked and that's like the, the thing is because she's in a wheelchair or like at a leg cast or like whatever and it's not about it, it, making these people feel human and have representation for themselves it's about fetishizing them so uh we actually shot a video a few months ago and I still haven't edited it because <laughs> I'm like that sometimes <laughs> so, and I do plan on getting that done sometime soon but um it is a goal for me in the, in the coming years to make uh, more representation porn for people with disabilities. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm just going to say this because why the fuck not? You actually remind me a lot of a young Annie Sprinkle. I don't know if I've told you this. <laughs> I don't know if you've told me it, but I've definitely been told that before. <laughs> yeah, you definitely remind And not just because you're a redhead, but also because, well, Annie Sprinkle just was a, a pioneer in the porn industry. And, and I actually, I think, was one of the first people to um, film with someone with a disability. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that just reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, this is a chance to bring up any sprinkle because I do it at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I love her name. It's so cute. I know. She's also like still creating work and doing really incredible things. So representation in porn needs to happen more. Yeah, I think that's really incredible. Have you thought about how you would like ethically market that? Because I know a lot of porn is like buzzwords and. Mm-hmm. I, I have thought somewhat some about that. And um, what I would do is I, I would use probably the tag words, um, but I wouldn't put it in the, the title or the description. So, so yeah, for searching stuff, like, you know, I, I might use disability or whatever, but, but I'm not going to make it be focused about that the tag words are are literally just describing the video I don't feel bad about using them for that reason because you're describing the video but I don't want to sell it as something that's like oh yeah watch this guy in a wheelchair get fucked and sucked off like that's not what I'm going to say I, I will just you know I'll make up some sexy title like big dick get sucked off or whatever (laughs) (laughs) I actually I actually pay somebody to write my porn titles and names for me because I feel like mine are just like so cringy (laughs) but uh (laughs) I love that you're aware about that (laughs) (laughs) no I just like look at that I'm like oh my god I hate this like it's it's so bad (laughs) so I actually have one of my girlfriends uh has someone write some of her captions so I was like yeah I'll pay you (laughs) you're great (laughs) it's a skill it really is yeah I I feel like I'm just like clinically describing everything (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's hot 
<laughs> I, I can't I hope to see some of that and I def- gotta edit it <laughs> yeah. I gotta do it <laughs> I'm looking forward to it uh I I am a huge fan of your work also as I've said before but I um yeah so I'm really excited to check out some more of your porn <laughs> that's coming <Thank> out <laughs> thank you yeah I'm sitting on a few good ones that I'm just being lazy about <laughs> <laughs> I usually end these with some rapid fire questions are you okay are you feeling closure around our conversation is there anything else you want to throw in no I feel like that's pretty good that's that's what I wanted to talk about great I feel good about it too all right okay so I'm going to start with some rapid fire the first three are easy and then they get a little little more difficult okay cool vanilla or chocolate vanilla pancakes or waffles I have gluten and dairy allergies so (laughs) it depends (laughs) on how they make them Uh, I think pancakes are easier to make than waffles for that so I'll go with that that's true (laughs) from experience that is true books or movies books favorite place you've ever been Hawaii Mm. A book from your mandatory reading list. Uh, oh, that's hard. I read a lot. Um, like these days, The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, I don't know that I've heard of that one. Oh my God. It's really fun. You should totally read it. It's a, it's like a sci-fi fantasy book. Uh, it's only 150 pages or so long, but it starts out like really mundane and kind of boring and it gets like crazier and crazier and crazier until you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and yeah. So the, the premise is it's this guy whose dreams literally change the world. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a super cool book. Um, yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. I love me some good sci-fi. Oh, it's great. She's like the queen of sci-fi. Oh, great. Okay, secret talent. Oh, um, I mean, I always say squirting, but <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> uh, I can pop my shoulders out of joint the joints at will. Oh my god, that's what, both of them. Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, I mean, Oops, I just, let me hold it. I used to freak kids out in school. Oh, that's a favorite hobby of mine. Oh my god, that's so cool. Left one. I, yeah. The only place I'm double jointed is in the shoulders. Or like this one is a little less, but the other one is like Ugh. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would make people like touch in between the where the bones go and they'd be like, ah! like I like to I like to mess with people. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a, a song, a musical artist, or an album that you're currently obsessed with. Best Friends by Saweetie and Doja Cat. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I have been putting that on so much for the last few days. I'm in love. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Everyone go listen to it. It'll make your day. Uh, finish the sentence. Good sex is. Mm, a lot of things. <laughs> uh, good sex is fun. Agreed. Yes. Good sex is fun, period. Yeah. If it's not, what the fuck are you doing? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had one superpower, what would it be? uh I feel like teleportation because then I wouldn't have to spend all this time traveling (laughs) and then we wouldn't have to worry about COVID while traveling (laughs) that too and I feel like I wouldn't be as sick because flying takes a lot on the body you know oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah all right and then what is something simple that brings you joy bacon (laughs) (laughs) and flowers (laughs) that was so fast I love bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some thick cut. um, Fuck, what's that? What's that type? Uh, Black Forest. That's my favorite. Black Forest bacon, thick cut. Mm. Oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's that is the end of the rapid. We're gonna end on bacon. 
Okay. (laughs) I used to have this t-shirt as a teenager that I thought was the funniest fucking shit. It said vegetarian in big letters with an asterisk and underneath it said except for bacon. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. (laughs) I wasn't a vegetarian, but... But the sentiment was still there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do dirty things for bacon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's meat candy. I mean. <laughs> All right. I, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love you too. Thanks for having me. I cut the audio track there because we just go on to talk about potential other episodes. And it was just like a, a Midwestern goodbye where it just like never ended. I'm from the Midwest, so I only really know it as a Midwestern goodbye. I'm sure it's other regions kind of goodbye as well. Um, I think it's also called like a Norwegian goodbye, whatever. Let me know. Let me know. What other kind of goodbyes is that where it just never, ever ends? But it was really great to talk about potential other episodes that we could do. Um, I'd love to have basically everyone who's been on the show on again because our conversations were so great and it just it felt like we didn't get enough time, like there was more we could dig into. So I'm excited to see where that goes. So check out the show notes for any of the information that we talked about. I try to link everything or at least put notes in the show notes of what we talked about so you can look it up yourself. Um, But if it's available to link, I try to link it. Um, All of Clover's links will be in the show notes go check her out. She's fantastic and such a creative soul. Yeah. So be kind to each other. Go forth with your day with your head held high because you're excellent. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to give us five stars. Us. (laughs) It's just me. Uh, (laughs) But us. I've had people on the show. Uh, Be sure to give us five stars and write a solid review if you feel so inclined, uh, and become a patron if you're able. And if not, that's cool. Just tell your friends to listen. All right. Cool. Toodles. Ooh! Did you know that when you pee in space, it gets shot outside of the rocket and becomes snow because it's cold? So you just get to see a flurry of your pee float by in an anti-gravity kind of way. I hope that makes you smile. (laughs) That's my sign-off for today. Nanu nanu, motherfuckers.